Welcome to Switchfoot Song Stories, a fan-run and operated podcast, not affiliated with Switchfoot. Hey everybody, we are back with new shows here in 2023. Be sure to follow and subscribe and look for new episodes every Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're kicking things off this year with a bang. We've got Chris Cleveland with us, lead singer of the band Stars Go Dim. Chris, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Hey, you bet, man. Thanks for having me. So your latest album came out last April, I believe, Grace in the Wilderness. Um, yep. Probably, probably my favorite album of yours. I think every track on the album, absolutely no skips whatsoever. Um, this is Love, Yes He Does, Thank God. Those are all bangers. Such good tunes. Come on, So man. first of all, Thank great you. job. Great job on that album. Hey, it's something I can't control. Rising up in my soul. More than a feeling, hard to believe it Got me saying, oh, 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 this is love, this is love it's like you know when you're trying to pick favorites or talk about songs it's like these are all my babies but you know at this point we're you know coming up on a year from that release is there any uh, from that record that are really have really stuck with you as like uh, super special um, for you and your catalog yeah i think i think that they happen in different ways so you've got like the radio singles that have that thing because they're the songs that everybody hears and knows and so those are special in their own way you got the songs that might like impact someone, you know, in, in a way. And then there's like on every record, there's the songs that like I feel like are just mine, you know. And those are usually the ones that no one hears, that no one cares about but me. <laughs> and so on this record, um, I think those couple of songs are probably This Is Love and then my favorite is Live Like That. And I don't know that it will ever be a single, um, but gosh, I love, love that song. I think on every record I've done, there's been a song like that that's the most me and and the one that I like gravitate to the most. And I think that is that song on this record. Just I just love it so much. What's songwriting like for you? I know it's different for everybody, but is there a process? Does it change? Has like from one record to the next kind of like, this was more yeah. of a diary. This was more of a life experience or it's changed over the years as I've kind of changed what I've done and and moved and been in different places. So now I write now for a lot of other people. So I'm in my studio now. You can kind of see like half of it back there. Um so I'm in here writing a few times a week, really for other artists a lot. And so um so I'm always going through ideas. So right now I'm working on compiling the songs for the next record and so we're kind of early in on it so i don't know what i need to write yet uh, but i know i've probably got 60 or 70 songs that i need to go through already just because i've written them for other people and maybe they get recorded or maybe they don't maybe i want to re-record like even 
this last record was a little bit of that. There's a few songs there that like other artists recorded first that I wrote. And, uh, and then I came back and rewrote so songs like prepare the way Bethel music, cut that songs like uh, authority Maverick city music, cut that haven't released it, but I loved it. I was like, I'm going to do my own version. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, there's that thing. And then a lot of times with my songs, I'll come in with ideas and then I like to co-write with people. Um, so I'll, I'll even save some ideas for specific people. If I think that one person can finish that idea better than I can, um, this record, I've done a lot more like hundred percent than I maybe have in the last decade. So there's a lot of songs that I've written all by myself. Um, those get harder to know what to do with because you're so close to them. And so, um, so now I'm holding a bunch of songs that I've written all of them and I'd still need to bring people in and just say, Hey, are these worth anything? Where do they go? I've written a whole bunch of worship songs for people that, that I'm trying to find a place to go. And then I've written a bunch of just really pop songs and trying to find uh, those places. Then I write country music for people. I do all, all kinds of stuff. So it's like, Trying to be true to myself in all those spaces and bringing it together, I think, is the hardest part. And then figuring out where the songs go from there is like, how can we give all of these songs some sort of life? Is that with me or is it with somebody else? Um, so, so yeah, the process can vary kind of widely um, depending on all of those things. Yeah. To me, that would seem like a lot of fun too, and and could be frustrating at times. We're just like we've got all these babies, and where you know where's it going to go? And um, I think obviously fans of this podcast would know John Foreman very similar. Writes about a song a day, and just has all these out there where fans are like, "Man, I hope we can hear the the hundred or two hundred songs that he wrote last year that that may never see the light of day." But right, I imagine his voice notes would be fun to go through. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yep. Uh, we've all got these like hundreds of, of uh, you know, memos that we throw down every day. And so he's probably a great example of that. It's like he found outlets, though. So he's found ways to um, to get some of those songs out like he did. What was that like the seasons thing? Yeah. Gosh, I don't even remember how long ago it was probably a decade at this point. But he's been able to put out those like acoustic things and be able to do that uh, in a really interesting way over time. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we try to do now. And now, like as technology changes, um, what we'll probably see, honestly, is on this next cycle, I'll throw a bunch of stuff on TikTok and see how it does, you know, and and it's kind of like this whole new platform where we can lean in and see if there's something there or even that could be the life that the song has. And sometimes that's bigger than even uh radio would be or it brings radio along which is kind of crazy yeah katie nicole a career completely made by tiktok with that that song she's the first christian artist to do it christian's way behind in in this so uh like i was even looking we've been putting a lot of effort into tiktok lately um but i mean there's just very few of us in the christian world doing that i think I think that that will overcome Christian radio in the next generation-ish. I mean, that that's a long haul. But I, I do think that, um, that that type of thing for the newer artist is going to break a lot more artists than traditional Christian radio will. Yeah, I could see that happening. 
So we've had a lot of Christian artists on this podcast, obviously talking about, you know, Switchwood's influence on them and everything. But uh, for you personally, what's what's been your experience over the long haul with, you know, your, your long career? What has um, presented you with some of the biggest challenges and what are some of the things that have been most rewarding for you in your career? Oh, man, a lot of things. I think let's, we can even maybe tie some Switchfoot into this. I am 30. What, I'm about to turn 38, I think. So I graduated high school in 03, which was when like the beautiful letdown came out, that record. So that was like the first um, kind of rocky guitar record, you know, that, that I ever listened to. I remember sitting in my in my uh dorm room in college and i'd just crank that record you know what i mean and uh i think it's probably the first time i was ever uh introduced to like drop d tuning or something like open guitar tuning and things like that and so uh i i just i i got to see and follow like that that rise of switchfoot from the early days and then i was also basically the um whoever they were marketing to for the, a walk to remember the movie, which is kind of what made Switchfoot Switchfoot. If, if we want to get there, like that movie in it, in and of itself, like they did the whole soundtrack. Right. And then blew up with dare to move all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but I'm pretty sure Foreman like wrote the whole soundtrack for the movie. So I, I basically fell in love with Mandy Moore, watched that movie way too many times as like a junior or senior in high school. You know what I mean? And so then I followed uh, Switchfoot being like this kind of Christian-y kid. It's like, oh, these guys are a Christian band and you follow that. And then they had their whole like crossover thing. And so I, getting to watch that, they were like the band that every Christian band wanted to be, you know? And so even... I mean, for like a decade, it was like, oh, who are you who are you trying to emulate your career after? And it's like Switchfoot every time, you know. Um, and what's cool is like looking back, and they had like meteoric success there, you know, in those times. I even went to a concert recently last year, and I saw Switchfoot play again, and um, and gosh, they were still so good, like so good, still playing like those songs you know what i mean it was so good what's really cool in my intersection kind of with switchfoot the first time i feel like i've met john foreman maybe three or four times and i've been a goober every time like he's one of those guys that i've always been a fan of of, of his music and writing so i've just acted like an idiot each time and and he's honestly the only celebrity like i've i've played with some of the biggest artists in the world you know and he's the only guy i've just acted like like I'm not cool enough to hang with you kind of thing. Um, but, but if he remembered, he was always gracious. But our very first show as Stars Go Dim, we started as a side project um, and we did like mainstream pop music. Our very first show was with Switchfoot in 2007 or eight. Mm -hmm. So uh, I remember meeting uh, those guys and like Hanson was backstage and you know, like, you know, a bunch of random uh, mid 2000s uh, guys hanging out, but got to meet John there. And so we kind of intersected. That would have been 2000, yeah, seven or eight or somewhere in there. And they're really kind. And they put on a freaking rock show. You know what I mean? And so it was really cool to like start 
what became, uh, you know, my real professional career. I've been in bands before that that had done things, but but as stars go dim, to be able to start it, uh, very first show opening up for Switchfoot, so that's pretty cool. And then to get to walk through kind of some of those same successes, um, the different careers, being in mainstream music and Christian music, they've always been guys that I've I've looked up to and admired along the way. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're the same age. Uh, I graduated in 03 as well. And so right. I had a similar, where Beautiful Let Down was my first uh, taste. And then, you know, worked my way back from there and watched the movie and all that good stuff. And yeah, I did, I did the same thing as you earlier this year. I was like, am I turning 30? Okay, 38. I did the math. So, <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. So you're also part of a podcast that I enjoy. Um, yeah. 10,000 Minutes podcast. Um, I definitely enjoy that. You and Tim Timmons, tell our listeners about that a little bit. Yeah, thanks, man. Yep, the 10,000 minute uh, podcast. My friend is like my best buddy, Tim Timmons, who was like two days ago in a really bad accident. Actually, he just got out of the hospital. He fell off a ladder and uh, and like broke some ribs. And thank God he's alive. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, he got home last night, thankfully. Um, so, uh, good for us we we recorded a bunch of we've got like 30 episodes for the next season already recorded so um he's he's having to take a little break for a couple months but we've got a podcast that that's based around his ministry called 10,000 minutes which is there's 10,080 minutes in a week look it up i'm right you're welcome um 80 minutes of that maybe we spend in some sort of church gathering if you do that sort of thing and if you're like us and kind of grew up in this thing we're awesome at the 80. Like I can kill a church service. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just great at it. But those other 10,000, uh, you know, sometimes we're not as good. And, and then, so, so we're talking about like, actually like living life with God and meeting him in real life. So like we have practices that we do each week. We say, Hey, does this, does this even work outside of this gathering? Like, and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. We bring in um, experts and, you know, scientists, psychologists, authors, um, all kinds of people. And, and we kind of talk to them about real life and and how to deal with it. And so it's funny. Um, we we uh, are rarely serious. And then and then we dive hopefully way deeper than you would get, like in a radio interview or something like that. Um, and and really dig into people's lives and see how God works through the 10,000 minutes in their lives. So it's really awesome. We just started season two. Um, and I think, I think we've released maybe two or three um, so far in season two, but it's, it's really fun. Yeah. Very cool. So I uh, talked to uh, Corey Mann recently, who was on this podcast. Uh-huh. And so I think it was through when you were on his podcast that I learned yeah. about another podcast, so I started listening to that podcast. So this is kind of a 2023 just a <laughs> circle, right podcast, on. but it's all good stuff. I, I really uh, get a lot out of it. So um, everybody should check the check that show out on any podcast platform. So keep up the great work. Um, we're going to chat a little bit about Switchfoot's overall influence. You've mentioned it. We talked about the the soundtrack, uh, but the song "Only Hope" is the one that you chose to discuss. And uh, this one, as you said, kind of put Switchfoot on the map for a lot of people. They actually, they didn't write the song for the movie. Um, it came out a few years before the movie came out, but 
Um, Switchfoot was like targeted as the perfect soundtrack, and then obviously John with a lot of writing for other uh, tunes from it as well. But most people will tell you, Meant to Live or Only Hope was the thing that got them hooked on Switchfoot. And uh, and probably, I don't know if John probably still gets, maybe he gets sick of it or maybe he laughs and people say, oh, you covered a Mandy Moore song and it's actually the way around. The <laughs> I mean, that Mandy Moore version is, if I'm honest, the version yeah. that really got me hooked. Yeah. I'm, that's basically the song that I fell in love with her on. So, and even my wife at this point, like when this is us came out and Mandy had that new, uh, new show. It's like, sorry, I'm just like, I'm just all in on Mandy. You know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of, that was my introduction. I think to Switchfoot was just through that movie. I didn't actually realize. And, and I noticed when I was just looking, um, looking at songs for this podcast, um that that dairy to move was even released on the record before beautiful let down yeah. so they actually brought both of those songs from past records into that uh into the next record which is kind of awesome like i was like man i need to do that on some songs that i felt like were better than they got a you know a shot on the last record or something yeah. but uh but that song only hope and if you if you haven't seen walk to remember you know go find it but it's like this kind of moment where Mandy Moore is singing the song to the guy or whatever. And it's one of the, you know, biggest songs in, in the movie. And I think I was probably at the time it was that switch where I thought it was a Mandy Moore thing. And then I was like, Oh, John Foreman wrote this. Wow. You know, and, and, and thought it was really cool. Um, but uh, I think that was the song that kind of tipped me off and then got me in to uh all of the other switchfoot stuff and then i was like oh gosh these guys are a rock and roll band let's go you know yeah the um the simplicity of the song for me is what partially what makes it beautiful i mean i'm, I'm glad they chose to keep it you know quiet and simple instead of trying to do too much with it and it's still really special moment whenever john sings it during their set or during an after show it's a really cool moment still yeah and it's almost i mean if he that's how his version is on the record it, it's mm -hmm. just that like really it's almost a prayer you know that that he's uh that he's praying and they and they they did that in the movie i think as best they could um but his version is even in all its johnness you know so good i remember a uh for a second we were on the same record label and we did this um event for radio stations and the sound system like crapped out in the middle of this event and i've never seen anyone like john was playing and he just stepped off the stage like walks into the middle of the room with his guitar and does what we've all seen him do because he i mean he creates this moment like live a lot of times if you go to their shows um or we'll after a show and do it, you know, in the parking lot or something. But he he didn't play that song. I can't remember what song he played. It's whatever, probably radio song or, you know, huge song that we all wanted him to sing at the time. Uh, but my gosh, he stepped out just, just acoustic guitar, no, uh, no anything else, and just had everybody in his hand, you know, just, I mean, we were all so enthralled. And I just thought, man, this guy. 
when you like break it down, it's like he does not have the greatest voice. He did, he's not like the best guitar player. He's not all of these things, but you put the package together and it's like one of the best performers. Yeah. And like you believe every word he said. And um, he's been one of those guys that I've just been like, wow, if you can like, like harness what he does and do some version of it. Um, he just captivates people. And his lyrics are really honest. Um, I think he's the first person to rhyme Lexus with Rexus. <laughs> and um, uh, so he's always got those like little um, lyrics that I'm like, what? Wait, what did he just say? You know, and you're always coming back to and it's some of that like Southern California, whatever thing that I don't think a kid from Oklahoma could get away with. But uh, he's always been. Um, uh, just really interested in how he can do all of that and put it together. Yeah, lyrically for this song, you know, I could write recite the whole thing, um, but I'm I'm really drawn to just like that that main line of "I know now you're my only hope." Mm -hmm. and I'm just reflecting on the fact that you know sometimes it takes a lot of pain or a lot of life experience, a lot of frustration for us to kind of come to our end and surrender and just finally admit that. Like Christ is my my only hope, and if I try to put my hope in my career, my accomplishments, my possessions, like it's just gonna leave us empty. And so, as you said, the song is basically a prayer. One time, he was quoted saying that uh, this song is a prayer um, or a question, and it feels like a song I continually try to write. Well, that's the lyric. It's a song that I've tried to write over and over again, and I think we all we all are doing that now that i mean we're the same age so i'm um, you've probably gone through this like your 30s are a time when like identity like finds you in some way or you break down your identity or you lose your identity and you realize you've you've placed it in all of these other things right mm -hmm. and uh i mean i i for sure lived this out where my whole identity was in like playing or singing or traveling or doing these things and i think a lot of people got hit when like covid happened and maybe their identity was in their jobs or or all of the other stuff and when life like shrinks down it's like well what it no my identity can't be in these things you know because they're they're just fleeting right and um and so i think that's a beautiful part about this song is it captures that so well it's like like no, it's it's actually really simple. Mm -hmm. We should live out of that simple identity um, into those other things, and not the other way around. And and really, that's become um, one of the things for me when I travel and sing. That's one of the things I talk about um, a lot is where our identity comes from and what we put it in. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this song speaks to that really well because it's not a one-time thing. It's 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 a song that we write over and over and over again i also think so this song you know being written i think like in 99 um the mm -hmm. song kind of foreshadows a couple of these themes that would then live on as part of you know switchfoot's career like they they talk about now the last couple record cycles like hope deserves an anthem and so mm -hmm. uh, he, he was quoted by saying like we want to be recognized and remembered as a band that lives it out and sings songs of hope and then mm -hmm. you go back very beginning almost like second record um i know now you're my only hope and then another theme would be from the incredible bridge of the song i give you my apathy which is an incredible line of its own i give you my apathy i'm giving you all of me i want your symphony singing all that i am and think about mm -hmm. the themes of, of you know your love is a symphony like 
um, symphony is mentioned in probably four or five of their songs. So like these themes are just kind of like foreshadowed from this simple tune way back in the, the 1900s, as John calls it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's done a really good job of connecting the dots over 20 years. You know what I mean? I think they've been consistent. Um, I think that probably speaks to without being like close to them. I'm other than just meeting, you know, the, the chance times where I've pretended like it was the first time I met him. Um, you know, I think it just shows like what genuine and authentic people they are and, and what that John is, is striving to kind of be that human and has been striving to be that human for 20 years uh, plus. And um, the fact that they can do that and, and uh, in their music and also together, like as a band and they're still a band, that's really hard. And, and you guys probably don't touch on this very often, but it speaks to the character of, of the guys, right? Um, it's not easy to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's really, really not easy to do it as a group of people together. I mean, it's, it's like a marriage on steroids because there's a bunch of people. And so for them to be able to do that over the course of years and, um, and consistently continue that message, I think, is a testament to their character. For sure. 21 million streams on Spotify for this song, which I believe is... That's pretty good. Yeah, top six or seven for a, in the catalog. Yep. For, for a deeper cut yeah. on an old record, that's good. You know, think about all the weddings, funerals, church services, other places that this song has been part of. Some people singing that they really... Who knows where they first heard it or you know from the movie from the band um mandy moore actually she still covers it sometimes i saw a video from I her she in, in does in it's got to be one of her biggest songs yeah yep for sure that's funny so very good tune and uh and yeah you touched on like just their influence and and uh you know staying together that's good stuff so what if you if you were on stage with them and I like to ask artists this question, and you could do one of their songs with them, and they could do one song with you. What two songs are you picking? Oh, dang. One of their songs with them. We'd need to rock out a little bit. Although 24 would be pretty great. That would be a great duet. Yeah, you could do a slower would love to do. and then end with a rocker. You could do that, too. Yeah. Let's see, let's see. I feel like... On Fire is pretty good, too. That song is a great song. There's so many good ones. I don't even know. Maybe I'm going to... I think I think 24 would be the coolest song, but it's pretty chill. When they play Stars, that sounds cheesy, but it's they still freaking rock that song. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Song that they would play of mine. Now I got to look at my own catalog too. Stars go dim. I feel like uh, who off this new record, This Is Love would be f- so freaking cool mm-hmm. with them. I Look To You off the last record would be awesome. There's a song off the first record. Um, the first Christian record called Never Burn Out. That would be an awesome Switchfoot song too, I think. Yeah. So I don't know. 
it would be tough to choose all around. Remember, uh, Jordan from Apollo LTD was like, they can pick whatever they want. I don't care. They can. <laughs> That's funny. Well, good stuff. So you mentioned a little bit about your kind of the beginning stages of what's next for Stars Go Dim. Anything else that's uh, on the horizon? We're definitely looking forward to uh, to that, whether it's this year or next. Um, yeah, I mean, we're in the middle of radio cycle now, and, and so we'll continue to release songs off of this record and promote it. But all the while, getting getting going for the next record, I'm hopefully we'll have that record done and recorded by mid twenty three, so it's ready to go and um, twenty four, twenty five. Sometimes yeah. those those cycles take a long time. I was done with this record, turned in for over a year before mm -hmm. the first song came out. So, um, so those tend to take a while. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, doing that, I'll be writing for a lot of people and be traveling and playing some and um and just watching honestly i've got three little kids and so try to stay home and watch them grow up a little bit and yeah. um yeah we're we're going to be launching a lot more things like online socially um so you guys can follow us there i think we're about to re release kind of a subscription model just building community that we've already got and kind of bringing all of our platforms together for some cool live events um, virtually, uh, which I think would be nice. We did a bunch of those as the pandemic was happening and then got away from it to try and get back to real life. And, mm -hmm. and now I kind of want to bring it all back together because they're fun. So I'm doing all of that and, and more and, and trying to uh, watch my kids grow up in the middle of it. So, yeah. Sounds like a plan. Is it just stars go dim at TikTok as well? Yep. Stars go dim everywhere. I'm never on Twitter. I feel like yep. I haven't been on that in like 15 years. Um, but everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. You can check us out. And we're, we're all over it. Sounds great. And also don't forget about 10,000 Minutes Podcast. Yes. Uh, thanks so much for your time. Keep inspiring. Keep shining the light. Look forward to, to more new music on the way. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. What's going on, everybody? How are you doing? My friend and I were talking about the fact that um, these are strange times. We all need to find new things to look forward to, new parts of a day that we're anticipating. And for me, this is one of those things that I'm looking forward to. I'd like to bring us back to the 1900s. I think this was written in 98 or 99. Simpler Times. This is a song called Only Hope.
Oh. 